All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. On this uh, <clears throat> screen that you're seeing right here, several of you have asked if you've been able to watch the broadcast, and some of you haven't. And so we are uh, putting up here different ways to view our services, Facebook Live, of course, and then uh, BoxCast web channel, also through our website, FWC website. If you will go to our website or any of these, and it will take you to our website, then you can tap the icon that you want. You can also use Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, and Chromecast. We're working on getting uh, YouTube put together for that as well. So I <clears throat> just want to remind you that uh, for, the, for all of the members of Family Worship Center, we are, uh, sounds like we're going to be doing this for a few more weeks of, at least. I heard that the governor has extended the shelter in place through the end of April. So we are uh, going to be doing services like this. Also, when the weather gets a little warmer, we're going to do a drive-in service. I've already pictured all the cars either setting up on the hill, looking down at us. We can park you right there in the grass. Make sure you put it in park because we don't want you running down over the praise singers. Uh, or we'll do it on the, the east driveway, the gravel driveway. But we just want to continue worshiping the Lord, serving the Lord, and all of that. We want to be sure that we continue our relationship with the Lord. We're living in exciting times. I wanted to give you an update uh, for sure on Michael Worley. His surgery went well, and I saw a picture of him today sitting in his hospital bed smiling. So he is coming along. He's recovering. He fell between 45 and 50 feet off of a grain bin, and he wasn't harnessed down. So uh, we're just thankful, thankful that uh, he's okay for that. And also, those of you who are giving, remember you can give online. You can uh, bring it by the church. Those of you, I, I sent out a text of when I'm going to be here to church. You're going to bring it by the church. You can send it through the mail. There are no tithe envelopes in the white mailbox at the church. And if you'd like to take those, just remember, don't send cash through the mail. So I know that you're, you probably have the most honest mailman in the world on your route, but uh, don't tempt him. Don't tempt him. All right, we're going to get ready to go to the word of the Lord. And here we go. We're going to Amos chapter number three tonight. We're going to start this off. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. The New Living Translation says, Indeed the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants the prophets. So we are 
living in some very unusual times. We are living in some unusual times that none of us have ever encountered before. And we're going to have to seek the Lord out, and we're going to have to look for the Word of the Lord and to the Word of the Lord to find out how to navigate through these rough waters that we find ourselves in. In order to find comfort and direction, the Word of God has the answer. And so Amos 3.7 says the Lord's not going to do anything unless he tells his prophets. And so I've been searching on the internet. I've been uncovering some things and, and looking up some things and seeing who the Lord's been talking to and trying to compare each word that they have and how it all matches together. So I want to share some things with you tonight. Uh, you can't depend on the news. Don't even depend on the news. Don't depend on the mainstream media for any of this. Don't look to ABC, CNN. Don't even look to Fox News for all the answers. Not astrology. Nope, we can't do any of that. We have to go to the Word of God. We are people of the Word. We are people of God. We are children of God. And we're going to have to go to the Word of God, and we're going to have to seek the Lord in prayer. If we want to know what's going on, we need to find out from the Lord what's going on. It seems like that everything is out of control. Really, the Lord is in control. Really, the Lord has the answers, and this is His time and His plan. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now let's read on. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You cannot listen to the media because that's the airwaves. That's the prince and power of the air. The news is going to be corrupt. As President Trump says, the news is going to be fake. The news is going to be the vehicle that the dark side uses, the prince and power of the air. The, the spirit of disobedience in the earth is going to use the news waves and the prince and power of the air. That's why we have to look to the word of God. Let's talk about President Trump for a little bit. We mentioned him the other day. I believe it was Sunday, maybe. We mentioned President Trump on Sunday. There's a couple things that I have seen popping up. There's a couple things that I have seen uh, in my studies popping up about President Trump the last few days from different men of God, different prophets, who have said, number one, that President Trump is a friend to Israel. If you remember right, one of his campaign promises was that he was going to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, this has been a promise of presidential administrations for the last 30 years. All of them are going to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and none of them ever do it. But President Donald Trump did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, I don't have time to get into it tonight, but if you look back at Jewish times and Jewish history and you consult people who know the Old Testament and Jewish law, 
you will realize that it was very significant on the day that President Trump moved that embassy to Jerusalem. And so we now have an administration that is very friendly to Israel. Israel is God's people. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. The reason I believe the United States of America has prospered the way it has is because we've been a friend to Israel. And remember, the end time, the last days that we are going to be moving into now are going to deal a lot around the nation of Israel. God has two different seeds. He has the spiritual seed. He has the natural seed. The spiritual seed is the church. The natural seed is Israel. Look what's on this slide. The natural seed is the nation of Israel. The spiritual seed is the church. President Trump is a friend to the church. President Trump is a friend to Christianity, nationwide and worldwide. And so we have President Trump, whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter. Whether he's Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. What matters is is God is going to use a man. God is going to use a man to bring about God's agenda, to bring about God's plan for this world. And we are beginning to move into this plan that God has for the end time. Now, God is setting things into, in order. He's doing a reset. There's a reset that's going on in the church world right now. There's a reset that's going on in the church world because we have come into this place multiple weeks, multiple months, multiple years. Just kind of ho-hum, just with a kind of a lackadaisical spirit and an attitude. But if we could all come together tonight, would our attitude be different? If we could all come together tonight and worship, would it be different in here? Would the atmosphere be charged with expectancy? Would the atmosphere be charged with change? Would the atmosphere be charged more with anticipating and hungering after the Word of God and after the things of God? So God is setting things in order in this world. There's a reset that's going on. With this reset that God is doing, number one, He's going to expose corruption. He's going to expose corruption in the political realm, in the governmental realm. He's going to expose corruption worldwide. Nations will fall. Nations will rise, all because of the plan of God. There's a major exposing of darkness that has tried to settle into the land of America. You see, America was built on Judeo-Christian values. No matter what the, the liberals say, no matter what the progressives say, no matter what the atheist says, America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And so what God is doing is he has a greater glory for this time. So what I'm telling the church tonight is this. Don't be afraid. Be excited. God is going to do something with us. God is doing something for us. God wants to do something exciting. Maybe those of you, and I mentioned this last Wednesday night, first of all, I told you to repent. That wasn't just, you know, something for me to say. I didn't have anything else to say last Wednesday night, so I sat around and I thought, maybe I'll have them repent. No, I want you to repent because we have to get our hearts ready for the Lord in our lives. We have to get our hearts ready because our hearts have to be ready that when our friends and neighbors come to us and they're afraid, that we're not afraid. We're not afraid of what's going on. We're not afraid of what is happening. In fact, we're happy about what is happening because we're seeing the kingdom of God begin to transcend and descend on the face of the earth. 
And God is going to use the only thing that he has to use on the earth is his church. So this glory that is coming into the church now. But there's also been problems the church today. The church is unrepentant. The church has problems. The reason the church has problems is because we get our people from the world. So whatever is in the world comes into the church. Whatever is in the world, when people come in and join the church, when people come in and are born into the kingdom, their weaknesses come with them. Their trash that they carry comes with them. And so the church has to be and have the power of an operating room. The church has to have power to combat darkness. That's why in this transition, in this shift that's coming, there's going to be some churches that aren't going to make it through. There's going to be some churches that aren't going to make it through this transition because God is going to wash away a lot of the churches that are built on wrong principles, a lot of the churches that don't have the power. Paul said to the Corinthians that there is a time when churches and people would have a form of godliness but they would deny the power thereof. We're going to have to be, Family Worship Center, a church of power. We're going to have to be a people of prayer. We're going to have to be a people that knows how to repent. We're going to have to be a people that knows how to seek God. The church has been unrepentant. The church is also full of a spirit of perversion. You say, well, what are you talking about, pastor? There's greed. There's abortion. There's homosexuality. We have removed God out of our society and out of our services. So let's talk about greed for a moment. That's not just a lust for money. That's a lust for entertainment. Entertain me, pastor. Entertain me. You know, churches have taken on the, the appearance of nightclubs the last five to ten years. So we have a greed and an insatiable appetite for the things of the world, but yet we have the mask and the cloak that says, I'm a Christian. Abortion. We have churches that think it's okay to have an abortion. Remember I talked about this Sunday. This is the spilling and the shedding of innocent blood. And God is going to judge this nation and God is going to judge this world for the shedding of innocent blood. How many mainstream denominations in the last 10 years have now ordained homosexual priests in their pulpits? How many of them have said it's okay to have same-sex marriage? We're talking about the church. You see, when you come in the church, you look like the world. But the longer you're in the church, the more we should look like and act like and speak like and be like the church. But the problem is... This spirit of perversion has dumbed down conviction. We have churches now where there is no conviction. We have churches that there is no place to pray and repent after they hear the word. We, got, we have churches now that don't even baptize. Jesus was even baptized. And so we, are, we in the church world have seen this spirit of, this spirit of perversion has controlled and, and has dumbed down and has tried to tame down the moving of the spirit. People in, in society, when they hear you go to a spirit-filled church, especially some churches in town, when you tell them you go to family worship center, oh, they get this weird look on their face. Oh, they almost swallow their tongue if you wouldn't have stuck your hand in there and grabbed their tongue right before it slithered down their throat. When you tell them you go to family worship center, oh, I wouldn't go to a church like that. 
Why? Because we want to have power here. We want to have the glory of God here. We are, we are striving to be a New Testament church. And we have allowed, and society has been allowed to pull God out of everything. 1962, they pulled prayer out of schools. Used to be everybody could go to school and everybody was safe. Now kids go to school and there's metal detectors. Kids are getting shot in schools. Kids are getting raped in schools. I'm not just saying the girls are getting raped. I'm saying kids are getting raped. There's sodomy, there's perversion, there's all kinds of stuff in our schools. And so we as a nation have allowed God to be removed out of our society and out of our services. That's why I said last week, we've got to repent. If we're going to be the church, we have to repent. And God has placed a man in office that has given the church space, that has given the church time to repent, that has given the church an opportunity to begin to shine forth again on the, on the public scene. Judgment begins in the house of God. That's what the Bible says. Well, we all want to judge the White House. We want to judge our neighbor's house. Some people want to judge the pastor's house. But judgment must begin in each of our houses. Judgment must begin in each and every house of every member of the body of Christ. Every day we should examine ourselves. Every day we should say and decide, God, what do you want to take out of my life today? God, what is in my life that you are not happy with? Taken out of my life. Judgment begins at the house of God. That's why when you came to church, you were empty inside. You were a train wreck. Your thinking was torturous. I was talking to some guys this week. They were going through all of their problems and all of their situations, and, and it's just over and over and over. Their mind's just racing and going back and repeating and repeating all of the things, the hurtful things that have been done and, and all of the unfair things. And, and you know what? He came to give us peace. Jesus came and died on the cross that we can have peace. We don't have the spirit of fear, the Bible says, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God has given us a sound mind. So we have to begin to judge ourselves and look at ourselves. And Family Worship Center, I'm still asking you that it wasn't just a message for last Wednesday night, but I need you to keep repenting. God needs you to keep repenting. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil, wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I'll heal their land. God will do it if we'll do it. So if you face opposition, if you're going through this thing and you face opposition, opposition is an indication of a breakthrough. Opposition is an indication that you're just about to reach that point of victory. When that football team gets on the goal line, they don't, they don't spread that defense out on the opposing team to do a prevent or a pass situation. They are stopping you and opposing you at the goal line. Some of you are right at the goal line of your walk with the Lord. You're about to score some of the biggest victories that God wants to give you. But yet at the same time, you face an opposition. That's an indication that the breakthrough is just right there. Past victories are an indication of a promotion that's coming. You've been, victor you've been victorious. You've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've been victorious. God says, I'm going to reward you for it. So those past victories are indications of a promotion that's coming. A lot of things that I'm hearing about the decade of the 2020s, the, the roaring 20s, 100 years ago, the roaring 20s were, 
in the, uh, in the society of the American history landscape. That's when we had the Charleston. That's when we had Prohibition. That's when we had the, all of the things of the Roaring Twenties. It was after World War I had been fought and the U.S. had been victorious. It was after all of that. And they had this decade of, actually it was a decade of debauchery and a decade of sin. But we were, we're looking now at 100 years later and we're looking at the spiritual 20s for us. God wants to expedite the prophecies and promises that have been spoken to us and given to us. Many of us are carrying around prophecies over our heads and on our lives. Many of us are carrying around these prophecies and we wonder how they're ever going to take place and how they're ever going to happen. When God's Spirit moves into your life and into a situation, He can make those prophecies come to pass in just a moment of time. I would venture to say that once we get through this quarantine business, I don't know how long it's going to last. I've been talking to several others today that's telling me it could go into the summer. I'm just telling you this. We better be ready, Family Worship Center. We better be ready, child of God, that when it's time that we have answers and power ready to help the needs of those who are scared and those who are hurting and those who are afraid. We're going to have to have the, the, the anointing on us, the power of God on us to be able to feed and help and clothe and minister to those in need. Three principalities that are holding America. So we've talked about the church. We talked about the church, but three principalities that are holding America. The first one is racism. The second one is radical feminism or the spirit of Jezebel. The third one is the shedding of innocent blood. Now, they all are entwined together, okay? They're all entwined together, and I'm going to get into them a little bit right now and a little, as we go on. Racism. Racism. One name that comes up on racism is the name of a lady named Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger, back in the early turn of the century, was a nurse, but she was also an advocate of abortion and birth control. In fact, she laid the groundwork for what has now become known as Planned Parenthood. And the reason they're talking about her and racism is most of the locations of Planned Parenthood in the United States are located in poor minority communities. She would say, and her advocates would say, well, that's because there's a lot of unwanted pregnancies in the minority communities. Not as many unwanted pregnancies, of course, in the rich, affluent neighborhoods of society and urban situations and settings. So that's why this is here, is for there be a choice for the, the minority, the African-American children. You know that 75% of African-American children are born into homes that have no father there. That's why you have crime like you do, of blacks shooting on blacks and killing blacks like in Chicago and Baltimore and St. Louis. That's why there's all of these problems. But this problem goes back to racism. 
It was the, the Democrat Party back in the 50s that fought, actually fought against the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King. A very prominent senator. I, I was born and raised in Maryland. And we, our border state to us was West Virginia. A very prominent senator by the name of Robert Byrd was actually a very high-ranking official in the KKK while he sat in the United States Senate. And he was a senator for at least, I don't know, three or four hundred years. Well, we have racism problems, radical feminism, spirit of Jezebel. This is the type of spirit that's on the Speaker of the House who tears up the State of the Union address on national television. This is the spirit of, that's on the representative from New York, the representative from Minnesota, the representatives from California. All the spirit of Jezebel, this radical feminism, power to the women, and all of this. You see, that's not how God planned it at all. But you see, darkness is going to use whatever vehicle it can. Just like God is going to use whatever person he can to bring about his agenda. The enemy is going to use whatever individual and system of thinking that he can to bring about his agenda. And then there's the shedding of innocent blood. So let's go on. Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood. I want to just read you a little clip from what's called the Negro Project. The Negro Project, instigated in 1939 by Margaret Sanger, was one of the first major undertakings of the new birth control Federation of America, the BCFA. The product of a merger between the American Birth Control League and Sanger's Birth Control Clinic Research Bureau and one of the most controversial campaigns of, birth control, of the birth control movement, developed by white birth control reformers who consulted with African Americans for help in promoting the project only well after its inception, the Negro Project and associated campaigns were nevertheless widely supported by black leaders as Mary McLeod Bethune, W.E.B. Du Bois, or Dubois, and Reverend Adam Clayton Powell, Jr., Influenced strongly by both the eugenics movement and the progressive welfare programs of the New Deal era, the Negro Project was, from the start, largely indifferent to the needs of the black community and constructed in terms with perceptions that today smack of racism. That was Margaret Sanger's claim to fame right there. So we have all of these situations that are in, in America and what God is trying to do is God is trying to bring his plan to the earth. Amen. Abraham Lincoln, he was not a perfect man. He was a man with many issues. But he crafted the Emancipation Proclamation, which allowed all the Negro slaves and all the slaves, no matter what ethnicity, to go free. It was Abraham Lincoln that God used at a very critical time in American history. He had issues, yes. He had enemies, yes. He had questions about him, yes. He had many failures, yes. But God found a man he could use. Today, Donald Trump, not a perfect man, a man with many issues, not man issues, many issues. Forgot that why there. President Trump declared, watch this, the Emancipation Proclamation for the Unborn. 
Now, every year in January, all of the people who are pro-life choose to travel to Washington, D.C. for a few days at the Right to Life rally, which draws hundreds of thousands of people. They've been doing this that I have known of for the last 35 or 40 years, ever since Roe versus Wade was legalized. There have been many presidents that have recorded a message and sent the message to be played. There have been presidents, I believe it was George W. Bush who may have did a video link into that rally and spoke to the members and the participants in that march. But President Donald Trump was the first setting American president to go in person and greet and speak at the Right for Life rally. You see, God has put him there and the left, what we would call the left, we would call them progressives. We would call them the people that are under the spirit of Jezebel. We would call them the people from the dark side have tried to impeach him. Yes, he was impeached, but he was acquitted. They have tried to run him out of office. They have said that his election was not fair. But you see, at the same time they're doing all this, he has promised that he will put Supreme Court justices on the United States Supreme Court that are pro-life. And the left, the opposition, is worried that there will eventually be a majority that will overturn Roe versus Wade and make that no longer a law of the land, the shedding of innocent blood. You see, God is, has a man, and he's getting ready for this man, just like in King Cyrus's day. He's getting ready for this man to do what he wants to do and can do where God can bring America back to him. This is what President Trump said at that rally. He said, to defend the right of every unborn child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. That's what he proclaimed that he wants to do, is defend the rights of every child, born and unborn. January 24th, 2020. There was Moses and Aaron in the Old Testament. And there was a plague that came into the land. You see, we deal with the plague in American society. That plague is what we've just talked about. Racism, radical feminism, the shedding of innocent blood, the homosexual agenda. All of this we're dealing with as a church. Moses and Aaron had a plague that they had to deal with. And they dealt with it with incense. Now, incense in the scriptures. Incense in the scriptures is representative of prayers. Family Worship Center, the charge this week for the rest of this week until you hear from me on Sunday morning is going to be we have to pray. We have to pray for our president. We have to pray for this country. We have to pray that darkness would be brought down. We have to pray that God, whatever you're doing, we realize and we are not afraid I do not want you to be afraid, brothers and sisters. Don't be afraid of this virus. Don't be afraid of this sickness. God has not given you spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Amen. God has given you that promise. God has said in Psalm 91 that we emailed to you, texted to you. It's out in the mailbox for you to pick up a hard copy that no, no pestilence coming near your dwelling, that God's hand is on you. He's given his angels charge concerning 
your safety. I need you to stand up and be a warrior. I need you to hit your knees and repent. I need you to be a mouthpiece to your neighbors and friends all around you. I need to be, you, you just start, set up watch parties. We were talking to Brother Clark and Sister Susan talking about watch parties on Sunday. We need to get everybody out there let them know there is hope. There is hope. Yes, this may be the beginning of the end, but guess what? There's still hope. This may be the beginning of the end, but I want to be ready to go because I'm going to spend a lot more time in eternity than I'm ever going to spend here on earth. Because you're not going to die. You're not going to just disappear and go to sleep and we'll never hear from you again. You are going to live on forever somewhere. And so Moses and Aaron had this plague that was moving through the camp. And God said, I want you to take the incense and I want you to go through the camp. Have Aaron, the priest, run through the camp with the prayers. And this is what happened. Numbers chapter 16, verse 46. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from the, off the altar and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. And, Moses, or, and Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense, prayers, and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Family Worship Center, we may never operate as church as usual ever again. These next few weeks that we've already experienced, and the next few weeks and months to come, we may have to completely change how we flow and how we minister in this community and this region at Family Worship Center. Oh, I know you're afraid. It's not time to be afraid. It's time to be excited. It's time to just start doing what the Lord's telling us to do. First of all, we got to repent. First of all, we have got to repent. I don't know. Some of you may remember we, we studied about Margaret Sanger a year or two ago, about two or three years ago, when we did the series Culturally Incorrect by Rod Parsley. That's how all of this mess started coming about. But now God is moving his church into a position because when it's all said and done, God's going to take care of his natural seed, Israel, the nation of Israel, and his spiritual seed, the church. And like we've already said multiple times, the church is not the building. We just use this building to congregate and celebrate in. We could use an old store, an old Kmart, or an old, old uh, J.C. Penney's or Sears store in a mall somewhere. To have church. I've seen nightclubs and bars converted into churches. That's just a building. But don't you know the kingdom of heaven is within you? The kingdom of heaven is right inside of you. And so Moses and Aaron took the censer full of the saints' prayers, the incense, and walked through the plague. The only thing that's going to get us through is prayer. The only thing that's going to get us through is faith in God. The only thing that's going to get you through is trust in God and believe in his word. And following what the word says. I wanted to just share this with you tonight. I wanted to just share it with you tonight. I've, the last few weeks, my, my spirit has been in anticipation. 
there's kind of an excitement in me. No, there's not kind of. There's an excitement in me. I'm ready to see what the Lord's going to do. Because I tell you, as a pastor, I'm getting tired of, oh, come on, you need to come to church. Oh, come on, won't you please come to church? If you come to church, I'll give you $10, you know? Oh, please come to church, please come to church. No, I think the Lord is ready to say, I'm going to drop some things on this earth that people's hearts are going to be stirred. And we're not going to have time just to have church as usual anymore. We're going to have to be ready for a harvest. We're going to have to be ready with answers. The Lord's been talking to me the last couple of days about moving into some different things here in the next week or two also. Because while we're locked down, we can still do Bible studies. Listen, we're, you're hearing about... You're hearing me online. We couldn't do that 30 years ago. We couldn't do it 50 years ago. We couldn't even done that hardly 10 years ago. It cost this church a lot of money to put that this system into webcast about nine or 10 years ago. We spent about I don't know 12 or 13 thousand dollars on it. By the time you bought cameras and computers and software and all of that business, but we wanted to get this thing out into the world. So here we are. Maybe we're like Esther. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe it's time to sharpen the sickle and say it's time to go. Amen. So I just wanted to be with you tonight. I don't know if you knew this. Which, which camera is hitting me right now? Number two, I did wear my L3 shirt. All right, L3 youth. I want to say something about the youth. I want, to, I want to congratulate one of the youth right now who was taking some initiative and stepping out by faith, and that was Addison Habenstreit. She was having a P7 prayer group at the junior high, I believe it was, there in Mulberry Grove. Had as many as like 25 or 27 kids in the prayer group. Well, guess what? I'm going to give her a little hint right now. She can use Zoom and have all of her friends get on Zoom and she can still have the prayer group. Doesn't cost any money. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to look at the technology the world has developed. And businesses do it. B2B, business to businesses use technology. Guess what? The church can use the technology as well. So we might as well step up and begin to ask the Lord to give us ideas. A month or so ago, I preached on dreams. Lord, I, you, use us in dreams like you have before. And so I started praying that. I started praying that and said, God, you know, I haven't had many dreams lately. I want you to show me some more dreams. Show me what's going on. Lo and behold, I had two dreams the last five days, ten days. God's working. You have not because you ask not. Brothers and sisters, it's time to ask. It's time to seek. It's time to knock. It's time to find it and grab it and get a hold of it. So that ends my lesson for tonight. Like I said, Please continue giving. You've all been so blaze, bla, bla, uh, faithful. You've been all so faithful in your giving. Let's keep that up. We still have bills to pay. The 
Utility bills are going down around here. You got to have, let me tell you something, all you people that need blankets normally in church here, right now, you could use about four. Amen. Because we're going to keep it polar bear cold in here. Amen. But we still have other bills that keep on coming in. I love you and I appreciate you. I'll be sending out text. If anybody needs anything, please let me know. All right, please let us know if you need anything at all. Please contact, just like I said last week, you life group leaders, contact your people, see if they need anything, and then I need them to start contacting their neighbors. Lots of people watched this past Sunday that we never had watched before. I I believe God's going to do it. Usually on a Sunday we have about a certain amount of people that usually watch a Sunday service after it's all said and done and, and during the broadcast. This, time, year, this week we had three times that number. Three times, nearly a 1,000 people viewed our service on Sunday. So let's get the word out. It's time for a harvest. Amen. I love you. If you need anything, let us know. God love you. Stay strong. Keep praying. Keep repenting. And keep talking to people. And remember, God has everything in control. Bless you. Woo! I'm not bleeding.